What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. But a call! Hey, B! Hey, Abes! Live from Radio Row is Middlecoff. Ham here, budget. Guy. Flew one. <laughs> I'm here. Have hey, you heard hey, any uh, promo code hams from the uh, local celebrities there? I, I have not. I, I looked at Gronk and I waited for him to say it, and he just looked at me and he didn't say anything back. He, lit, he I feel did like look. He would appreciate it. He would. He looked slim. He actually looked very approachable. I just don't want to bother a guy if they're kind of just standing there alone in his situation who has to get bothered all the time but he was yeah, just standing I, by himself well he walked in just a casual walk in middle cough mike vick rob gronkowski <laughs> uh dave dave wanstead <laughs> so just chatting I, what, about uh the what Eagles. i th- what i think's going on right now why they were walking to is like uh remember when we did the Super Bowl in San Francisco, there's the day where, like, uh, CBS did it, right? So, Cower, the entire pregame show, plus, like, Nance and Phil Sims talked. That's going on as we speak because I see Joe Buck, Aikman, Gronk, Howie, Jimmy. They're all – there was a room where all the press was walking to to bullshit with those guys. Remember me you and remember? you, I think, talked to Bill Cower, didn't we? I was going to say, we, we interviewed two people. One of them was Cower. Do you remember who the other person was? Uh, I, I, I remember it was a good guy. It was a good one, I, if I remember correctly. Jay Feely, as I recall. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're not. Never mind. It wasn't terrible. He Well, he's the one that said something about, didn't he have something about Tom Sula? Remember? There was something he said in the game. It was like, what did he say? Remember? Yes. Yes, that he had heard. You're talking about while he was broadcasting the game. 
He's a sideline guy. I can't remember if it was like, oh, yeah. It was an outrageous statement, whatever it was, about like the inner workings of the Niners. It was like, oh, yeah, Balky, uh, Balky decides the uh, blitz packages. I-, I can't even remember what it was, but it was good. Can you find it? Uh, you know what I'm talking about, though? It was something yeah, that yeah, was yeah. like, you, you, it's, it happened during the game, so, and, and everyone so paused and rewound. During the broadcast, during the loss to the Bengals, Jay Feely said on air, I, I had a chance to talk with Al Guido, the COO of the 49ers beforehand. They knew what they were getting into when they had all the defections. Guido said they underestimated a little bit the impact it have on the locker room, specifically the lack of leadership. But I think they're confident with Tom Sula going forward. This is a tough one because you and I both like Al. That, yeah. <laughs> so I, and I then, oh, that's right. Because you know what happened was Tom Sula did the, the – ah, of course I remember now. Because Tom Sula did the – Jay Feely? He didn't yeah. understand. And Eric Branch was like, yeah, the former kicker. And he said, the kicker, the guy that I talked to on the – and Branch said, yeah. And Tom Sula said, he was talking out Guido. And <laughs> It was one of those where they probably talked pregame. He probably shouldn't have gone on record. And the way he said it, yeah, it was a bad look. It, it was a, uh, it was a tough time in uh, in Ninerland at the time. I mean, because yeah. they were people forget, probably our listeners don't, but it, I, I, sometimes I do. They were for a year period with Tom Sula. They were a little less with Chip, even though they were worse at football. They were the laughing stock of the league. They were the Browns meets the Raiders meets the Bengals combined for one year, right? That year. That year was way worse than the chip year, while the chip year was much worse football. But in terms of the stories, the Tom Sula, it will never happen again, probably. I mean, it, it can't. There's just, there's just one Tom Sula a decade. Well, this year, there, this decade, there were two, right? I guess Freddie. But Freddie wasn't. You, would you put Freddie as bad as Tom Sula? I don't. You know, it's hard. I, I think. Because we covered Tom Sula, we we saw every word that was uttered and said. I don't really have a great sense for it was Freddie when it came time to talk ball. I, I watched a decent amount. It didn't feel quite as outrageous. It was more. Here's the other thing, guy. Freddie called play, so you, it was more getting on Freddie for play calling. Like Tom Sula, it was like, what is he doing? <laughs> At least you could just Freddie's was about play calling, you know. Now, he was a one-and-done, but there have been a decent amount of one-and-dones lately. I think Freddie's was more wish. not using Odell Beckham right. That that was not the Tom Sula conversation about, like, you know, they're just – they're not putting all of it in position to succeed. Like, th- those conversations, th- they were never uttered. We, there was no football talk, right? It was never uh, – It wasn't about football. Yeah. Yeah. If I was Al Guido, that would be my ringtone, I think. Al Guido? Al Guido? <laughs> we got to ask Al next time I see him we, about we, that. We do. Maybe I'll search for him tonight. <laughs> yes, if you find him, tell him we're we're wondering about this. I just looked to my left and I realized there is a huge Super Bowl. What is it? Fifty five or fifty four? Six. Fifty six. Tell I don't read numer- uh, Roman numerals. Must be, in, must be in Roman numerals. But it's cut off at the half, so I can just see a half V and then two lines. Is that big Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy? It's really it's pretty simple when you promote a football game. It's like a fight, right? Just there's just two fighters in football. Yeah. It's just. Yeah, just the two quarterbacks. <laughs> you know, it's like in the NBA. Oh yeah, just Stephen LeBron. It's just, you don't overthink it. It's not like because it easily could be like Kittle and Mahomes, right? It doesn't. It doesn't have to be Jimmy. It would have to be Mahomes. It doesn't have to be Jimmy. It could be Richard, and that would actually feel pretty big. But it's just always going to be the quarterback. Yeah. 
Did you? Uh, what's it been like there? We're recording this on a Tuesday. What's uh, what are you thinking of Miami so far? Uh, How many? Is this your second Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, my, just kind of hype I, week. I wouldn't count the first one just because I live there. Even though you kind of lived it, this one feels like you're just in a foreign land. I, I've been here now for about 24 hours. I don't have a great feel for the place. It's, it's like ghetto meets kind of cool meets the beach meets like New Orleans meets Mexico. It's hard to describe. So you're I, saying you're not sure if Miami's awesome? Is that you're well, not sure? Well, I, mean, I could see it definitely. Ha- I understand it because it, it's the beach, beautiful weather. Food, you know, it's just really overpriced. It's kind of like a resort. but It's like it's, being in Union Square. Yeah, you make the wrong turn. I, I don't, like, is there a place in downtown San Francisco if you make the wrong turn you're uncomfortable? There have been a couple times last night. Well. I made the wrong turn and was I like, mean, yeah. Ah. See, I would say that's more like Oakland. I've been in Oakland a couple spots. Where but I like, would say, if you've been, like, I just, I was stuck in traffic in the Tenderloin the other day. It is. Yeah, I've, I don't think I've ever if been you're not, If you're not prepared for that. Yeah, there it could were just be a little. There were a couple spots that if I was in my car in Miami, I would have been, had my foot hovering, brake gas. But I'm on my feet, and it's just like, uh, and it was dark. I didn't know where to eat, so it was mm. kind of a weird, you know, just feeling it out. Carrying five hundred thousand dollars of jewelry like AI. <laughs> exactly, could easily get easily get. The good thing is, if you rob me last night, I didn't have any cash besides like seven ones. It's like, sir, I got fucking seven ones. You can take it. Here are my cards. I mean, good luck. I'll cancel them all. Then I just take out. Yeah. There are a lot of cops around also. That's good. I had someone, I went to a CVS. Usually my go-to move when I travel is to go to a CVS and just get a couple essentials. Because I can't, like, I my lotion got jacked as I was traveling uh, SFO. Uh-huh. And if you shave your head, you're, you got to use lotion on your head. So it was kind of a big blow. But it's not really because I could just go to a CVS. And when I went to the CVS to check out, there's just a bunch of, like, Gatorades, water, some gum. The lady's like, are you a cop? I'm like, what? I was like, should I be offended or do I take that with a point of pride? I'm like, do I look like one? She's like, you look exactly like a cop. I'm like, you must have some badass cops around here. She kind of laughed. I'm like, no, I'm not a cop. (laughs) I can see that. Well, there may have been. There's a disciplined look to a clean-cut head. Yeah, and there may have been, you know, as you get older, you can't fake and bake anymore because it's bad for your skin, so you transition to the uh, something they call a spray tan. And there might, yeah. have, there might have been an initial, uh, you know... Uh, Did you a, do a base layer? A base on Sunday afternoon. Just to get ready for the pool? Well, yeah, you... I, I, know I, I probably won't go to the pool once, but you can't go to a foreign land pasty white. Because now like, I'm going to be outside really anyway, so it's not like I'm going to... You look like you've been here the whole time. It's a key, key move. Learned by many, uh, it's what happened when you're a single guy and you date long enough, you pick up little tricks of the trade. I wouldn't have known that. It's not like something I developed. It's a girl move. Okay. I stole it. Yeah, they, got, they got some good moves, guy. You shaving your armpits? NBA no. player style? No, I'm, I'm hairy. I got hair everywhere except my head. Uh, and, uh, by the way, I got a Manscaped 3.0 the other day. I did, I did, too. I think they're, uh, we'll be talking about them maybe next week. Uh, okay, before we jump into it, John, let's tell the people this podcast, this Super Bowl week podcast featuring the 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs is brought to you by, in part, Sleep Number. Sleep Number, Middlecoff, which coincidentally is the official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL. You see my tweet this Nine morning? Out of t- 
I did see your tweet. You saw their ad. Yep. I don't know how you slept last night on a regular hotel mattress. Must have been brutal. Nine out of ten couples prefer a different mattress firmness from feather soft to firm. You can adjust each side of your sleep number setting so it's just right for both of you. Uh, it's very great. What is what is your uh, what's your sleep number by the way? Middle well, the one that I've had now you know? for multiple years is a ten. Uh, a ten? I, I, it's a ten. I, I like it very, very pillow. A ten? Pillow soft, guy. I like it soft. Oh my god! What? I'm a seventy-five. You like it a little too firm for my liking. I like a nice soft bed. I, I mean, we knew this, but once it really hits you when you're here, the official partner of the NFL, official partner of Haberman and Middlecoff. I mean, how do you go wrong? NFL Haberman Middlecoff sleep number beds. You've had one for a while. I've had one for a while. Uh, it's so key, especially in relationships, where you can split the two separate sides. Uh, I, I love the softer, the 10. It works perfectly for me. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements, guy, and automatically adjusts to keep you sleeping comfortably throughout the night. How do you beat that? I love a good night's sleep. I know you do, too. It's a no-brainer. Sleep is vital for healthy living, strengthens immunity, increases ability to focus, sharpens cognitive function, improves physical health, emotional well-being. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Sleep Number Beds allow you to adjust each side for your ideal firmness, comfort, and support. Right now, you can discover proven quality in sleep and save 50% on the 360 limited edition smart bed during the ultimate sleep number event. How do you find a sleep number store? You go to sleepnumber.com slash ham. Get it. Very simple. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Podcast also brought to you by Simply Safe. Every night, local police departments across America with their officer middle cops riding around in their cars receive hundreds of calls from burglar alarms. The vast majority of them have not the time nor the really idea as to whether or not the alarm is real. Is there a crime going on or not? All the alarm company can tell them is that a motion sensor went off. Well, Simply Safe Home Security is different. If there's a break in, Simply Safe uses real. Video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. That means that police dispatch up to, ready for this, 350% faster than normal burglar alarms. That's Tyreek Hill versus Refrigerator Perry response times. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home, outdoor cameras, doorbell alerts to let you know if anyone's coming to your home, entry and motion and glass break sensors, guard the inside of your house, Plus, Simply Safe protects your home from fire, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning. Guy, visit simplysafe.com slash ham. You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go and be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash ham so they know that Haber Middlecoff sent you. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash ham. Awesome. Love it. I was just uh, talking to a buddy who has it in his house. The alarm goes off, and he says, oh, I can tell the difference between, like, or it didn't go off. He made a noise. It didn't go off. He's like, it can actually tell the difference between me dropping a glass and like glass the window breaking. That's, so wow, yeah, there you go. Simply safe. Um, has and by the way, before we get into this, is our Super Bowl podcast. Has Kobe been like the co- topic of conversation throughout uh, almost every conference? Is there is there a lot of that going on, or are people pretty locked in on the game? Well, I mean, in fairness to the social butterfly, John Middlecoff talked about three total people. Uh, it came up in every person I've talked to, yeah. So, I mean, two of them. I mean, Gottlieb. So, Peter King brought it up. Yeah, Peter King brought it, brought, it brought it up. Gottlieb brought it up. Gottlieb Woodson brought it up. Yeah. Jerome Bettis brought it up. Wow, just, so, I just yeah. listed the people you've <laughs> talked to. Greg Papa. 
uh, head nod with Deion Sanders. Did have glasses on, so might not have seen me. It feels like uh, I saw Stefan Diggs. He is not big. Like you're just like really? not big at all. I mean, I'd guess five ten, one ninety five. You just you go. That's one of the better wide receivers in the league. If you didn't know had no clue who it was, you would just think like, oh, that's just producer for serious or something. You know, just because he was just wearing normal clothes. I'm just saying, like you would have no clue. Like, oh yeah, that's the guy that uh, ended Akella Weatherspoon's career. That's what I should have said. Like, do you know you ended his career? Think about that guy. Is Akella Weatherspoon ever coming? Like, is he a free? I guess this is his third year. Well, he won't be a starter next year. Right? How does he start? Like that, he well, got to play Sunday he in got, all likelihood. Do you think so? Yeah. I mean, I just, the number of plays in theory that the Chiefs run, just the rotating number of guys times in as a receiver, out. you got to run down the field. I mean, you as a full, DB, you got to run down the field to chase a guy down. Or Not crazy. I just feel like he can run. Yeah. I mean, he honestly, if he was playing well, he would be the type of guy you'd be like, oh, that's fast corner that can run with these guys. Not that anyone can. But Diggs, it was three plays, guy. I mean, it was all they did all game. It was like, Catch, P.I., touchdown. Akello, sideline. We haven't heard of him since. Well, he might be a comeback. It shows you. It's, you can go from the outhouse to the penthouse to the outhouse quick, or you can go back to the penthouse fast. Things change fast in, li- in life, sports, whatever. He makes well, did you see one that? pick six from Patrick Mahomes. He's a hero, right? Yeah. You see the graphic that the Niners and the Chiefs are the two fastest teams. I think Was it like per run or whatever, like the fat, fastest speed? Too fast might be the two fastest run teams in the league. You, they are. Do you know what's funny is I talked to a buddy during the season and he brought up a couple things. He's like, "Bro, did you know?" And he he dropped a couple lines like that, like next gen Kittle speed and Breda speed. And I was like, I thought people just on Twitter use that. You guys use that? He's like, "Yeah, we use it all the time." Like that, that's something in NFL lingo that I think they're utilizing now, just in front offices talking about guys. So you can go, you know, hey, hey, if you're the GM, I go, guy, uh. I got this wide receiver I really like. He's the fastest guy in the league. We should be all over him. He's a practice squad guy. But in preseason, he was the fastest guy. Like, that data exists. I felt yeah. like it was kind of fake. I, I, I Honestly, I didn't. Remember when Breda busted that run against the Browns? And it was, like, yeah. the fastest run of the year or one of them. He was rolling, like, 26 miles an hour or whatever it was. I was like, is this just real? Are we just throwing these out because it's cool? It, it's like, I, gotta, I retweet it, you know? I didn't think it was real. It's real. Like they, that shit, they're talking about that. But in you the guys NFL. didn't. You guys talk about like flying forties. Yeah, you but were that, in the league? that was like you would get out the the uh, stopwatch and and click the guy when he was running. I mean, this is legitimate right. data. Like, but that's what I'm saying. So like, yeah, this it's is a four, just the three, real version two. of that. Yeah, this is tan. This is real shit. But I, my point is, I didn't really believe it. Like the next gen stats, like, hey, he's really running that fast. Or you just kind of oh, saying oh, that? Oh, I got you. I like, got did you, you did yeah. you always just assume it was fact? I mean, I kind of did, but I didn't. I didn't maybe take it as seriously as I think people I, were taking. I'll, so I did think I didn't question if it was fact. I'm with you though. I didn't take it as seriously because I didn't really have any benchmark to compare it to. You know, I didn't really know what was relevant and what wasn't. That was the hard part for me. Like what was Dion running? You know, what were some of these guys running in the night? What was yeah, Jerry? I, I don't even know what. Any, I just what, what's anybody else running? I know. I don't even know. Fast, but it is a pretty cool stat. They know. It's a great step. Yeah. Next time you want to know how fast an NFL guy is, run next to a car. Well, I was walking when we came in with Gronk, and uh, I go, I was walking up with Gottlieb, and I was like, how much do you think he weighs? He's like, probably 225. I mean, he looks great. I mean, really, just looks like a good-looking young guy, not like an overbearing what he used to be thick. And he's like, think how good his body feels now. 
lost 25, 30 extra pounds. His joints. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't ever fucking fall on that freezing cold January turf in Foxborough. Belichick and McDaniels calling crossing routes over the middle, getting hit by the Broncos' safety or the Chiefs' honey badger taking out his ankles. Think of just walk it, waking up in the morning. It's like, you think that guy's coming John, back? when was the last time you fell down? I mean, probably tripped in the last couple of years once. Yeah, I mean, not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like imagine just in in one NFL game, you just fall or thrown to the ground or trip. Thrown. <laughs> yeah, you just you just on the ground constantly. Can you imagine him too, where you're that you tall? You fall one time because your toe catches the top of a a, a a box at the gym while you're doing box jumps. You're like ah. Imagine the guy's jumping on his back when he has the ball. Just I, I just looked at Gronkowski and I I wanted to tell him. Stay away, bro. You fucking made it. You're a legend. You went out early. That that'll carry you longer. Don't ever let Bill or Tom. Well, I guess Tom would probably try to talk him back. Bill probably forgot about him. Don't let him talk you back and coming back. Just do you, bro. You made it. You're a legend. Super Bowl champ. You walk into this room. Like how many people can walk into this room? Again, he's younger, so he's a little more in our life. Like he's famous. Like you feel it. Like damn, it's Rob Gronkowski. Even though he kind of just looks like, I do understand why probably Tom and those guys like him. He just kind of had a normal guy vibe to him for being the super tall, clearly athlete, right? You you know what I imagine about him? And this is just listening to you describe it is the only reason I think of it. And maybe because I was talking to a buddy yesterday who lives down in whatever, Orange County, lives like 10 minutes from that John Wayne Airport. And he was saying how he he would see Kobe around like once a month. Like, he's like, I just saw him last month at Chipotle with his daughters. <laughs> like, what? He's like, yes, we would see him all the time. Like, he has he has daughters, and they're taller. And Kobe would – because I, I didn't know Kobe was really involved in volleyball, too. Like, he had this volleyball team going. Because the older sister's a volleyball player. And, okay. And so he would talk to the girls. Like, man, those girls are going to – like, he would tell my buddy's wife. Like, man, your girl's going to be ready for volleyball soon. Like, they're growing. Like, he didn't know them, but he would just – he's like, everybody around town just saw – you just saw him. You just saw him at the mall. You saw, and he was just so comfortable. I was like, "Do you think it was weird for him?" He's like, "No, I don't think. I think he liked it because people would just be like Kobe and keep walking, and he'd like <laughs> smile and wave." He's like, "It wasn't people stopping to talk to him for twenty minutes." Well, if you think, if you think, and about it sounds like I think Gronk's probably in that same. Not to make it about Gronk and not about Kobe, but um, well, think about this: you know, if you're just so comfortable with it, if you have kids and they're twelve, ten, whatever, you're like, "Dad, I'm hungry." Just because you're Kobe, you're not like, "Well, let's go to a five star and eat in the back." Right, you just be like, I want McDonald's. I want let's go to Chipotle, <laughs> right? Those that's where people eat. That's where nor- that's where I eat. That's where normal people eat. You just want something quick. You just in and out. That's where people the families go. Yeah, you're right. I also notice, like ran into Jerome Bettis, and I think Gronk probably falls under this. Now maybe this is a unique environment that even younger guys would be looser, but most of the older guys are pretty easy to talk to. Now again, this is a unique setting. But if you just see a guy from the 90s or the 80s, I'm walking in this morning. See this guy, big guy walking with his wife right at me where I'm going to go get my credential. He gets closer and closer. I'm like, this got to be somebody. I get close. I'm like, that's fucking Anthony Munoz, who most people consider the greatest <laughs> left tackle ever. Well, I mean, the listeners of this podcast know anytime we talk O-line, it becomes <laughs> about Munoz. He goes, hey, what's going on? It's clearly his wife or maybe his secretary, but I, I think it was his wife because they were really close, like walking close together. He said, hey, how you doing? Like he knew me or something. And I, I kind of had a throat. I was like, uh, hey. <laughs> it's like if you had a bad handshake, you're like, you can't say oh. have a bad solid high to the greatest left tackle. I'm, hey, how you doing? <laughs> you know, I tried to get a good hey. 
But I was, yeah. you know, you know, like again, if you meet any athlete to me from like the seventies, eighties, even the nineties guys, they're pretty normal, because again, they didn't make super big money, even if they're super famous. There is just, did you see the thing that went viral yesterday about? I guess Mad Dog did his whole like every radio show yesterday. I mean, hell, we did a podcast. The whole thing was on Kobe. He was taking calls, people calling in about Kobe. Do you know who this guy called in? This is Earl in Austin. And he goes, this is Earl in Austin. He's like, you know, I'm just devastated for Kobe. He's like, I know what it's like to be, you know, Hall of Famer. And that what you mean to your community, what you mean to your city or whatever. And Dog goes, you mean he knew what it's like to be a Hall of Famer. And Dog was like, are you a, you wait, you're a Hall of Famer? He's like, yeah, I'm a Hall of Famer too. And then Dog goes, is this Earl Campbell? And Earl goes, yes. He just called in, waited 30 minutes on hold, and he said, Earl, if you ever call my show, you let the producer know, say, this is Earl Campbell, and you bypass everybody. And Earl's like, Doggy, I like your show, and I'm just a normal guy in Texas. Like, I'm not. And it was just, and even Dog was like, whoa. You can find it on, on the internet. It was. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he just waited. I, I, one place wow. I saw an hour and a half, the other place I saw 30 minutes, but he definitely waited in line with callers. To just, just to be Earl in Houston. Just to be Earl in Houston. <laughs> so there, there is an element to that. And I think that, to me, is the coolest part of this event, is just in a day and age where, and it's, I, I'm not to make this about Kobe again, but like, even if you hated Kobe, he became so likable these last three, you just read all these stories, you're like, God damn, this guy changed. This was not the guy I didn't like. All these players now, these, the NFL guys, and again, they're sport. Would you agree that they're probably the easiest to talk to just in general? Just They're just used to getting yelled at. They're just a little more humanized in their sport. The non-super famous ones, maybe? Yeah, yeah. But I just think in general, I've... Well, I, you know, I think if you compare them to basketball players, like, they had to go to college. Football guys had to go to college. So did baseball guys, but baseball guys tend to just spend a lot of time in their own little world together. I'd say ba- baseball is like- by far the most hit or miss, right? Yeah, but baseball to me, you could be the, yeah, it just can be the weirdest. It can be the weirdest, but you can also meet great. They can ones. also be yeah. super normal. I mean, every you know, there's everything has every kind, no matter what profession. But basketball, they stand out just because they're so unique looking, right? Like even Doug Christie, who's about as normal and as easy to talk to as any famous person I've ever met. He just walks. If he walked in this room right now, how many people are shorter than Doug Christie in this NFL room? Five? Well, or I mean, yeah, taller. It's a good, you know? they, and also they just have a, like I was at, uh, when I was in Salt Lake City last week doing a basketball game, it was at Utah, and I knew, you remember uh, Hanno Medela, who was on like that Utah team that went to the national championship game? With Keith, played in the NBA. Keith Van Horn? Keith, uh, no, it was with... Uh, Andre Miller? Andre Miller, yeah. I don't remember him, but I remember those teams. If you saw his name, it's like M-O-T-T-O-L-A. I bet if you saw his name. I didn't know what he looked like. I just knew he was at the game. He's from Finland. I knew he was going to be there that night. Well, I go to get a sandwich, and I'm just sitting, eating a sandwich, like reading my phone, and I see this guy walk in. He did, wasn't wearing any logo. In my head, I just knew that's Hanno Medela. I don't know how I knew. I didn't know what he looked like. I could just tell that it was him. Just the way he's a big – he's a basketball player, who, but he's a really tall guy who, like, moves with some athleticism. And he had, like, the tights, John, that were, like, the sweatpants, but they're kind of, like – they stop, like – Above the ankle, like shin high, kind of scrunched up. I'm, I'm like, that's him. I'm gonna be honest. I want a pair of those because <laughs> they do look good when you're skinny. And yeah, ba- basketball yeah. players, 
pull it off the best. Like, have you noticed every picture? Again, I want to get to the Super Bowl, but of Kobe, is there a more comfortable dresser in America than him over these last three or four years? Did you ever see a Ele- picture? I would call him great, graceful and elegant. Yeah. Did you ever see a picture of him at a game or wherever where you're just like, how does he look like such a badass in the sweat outfit? And it just, it looks like he's wearing a suit and it's just a Nike sweat outfit and it's just perfect. I guess when you're 6'6 and long and skinny, it just works. And everything's tailored to you. You think everything is ta- perfectly tailored? Well, I just be like Nike. Just give Nike's uh, not making know, them pick they, out like a medium or a large. That's true. They just send them sweet shit. <laughs> what do you want, Kobe? Like, sweet shit. You got my sizes. <laughs> send them away. Yeah. Probably happens for all these guys, but it's different probably in football, right? Where their weights can change a little bit. Like you can hear, you know, early on in my career, I was a two forty pass rusher. Then now I'm a two sixty five guy. Like I mean, twenty pounds. I, I don't know. About, I mean, maybe it's different when you're short, little white guy. Like, 20 pounds for me is fucking true. I look like a different human. But you know what? Back to your original theory, it's such a team sport. Not that basketball isn't, but football is a team sport that requires, like, at least 45 people. You know, basketball requires, like, six. But I Like, d- really. Like, oh, we're going to tighten the rotation. Seven guys are playing. I do think, though, in basketball, when you meet a guy that's really successful, meaning he's been on good teams, they're a little more normal. Remember, like, Patty Mills? When we talked to Patty Mills, we're like, is that the coolest guy going? He was just so normal, <laughs> yeah. and I, I no, I mean, and the look, Warriors are, are a good no, example. Like they're just totally. they're more human. When you when you kind of like you go around the NBA and you just get like the bad team, the guy that's putting up thirty, he can act like a, like a individual golfer or something. It's like I'm just saying, isn't it easy for a football guy to understand the meaning of team because there are so many people on one given play that are just responsible for something? Yeah, you can have the perfect play. Like baseball is all about like i'm gonna make a pitch and it doesn't whatever he'll just hit it right at the second baseman and it can literally be any second baseman he'll make the play well and farhan would say well if you do make contact you're literally gonna hit it right there because that's where you hit it 96 yeah. percent well time. it's like it's like wait a second we play 162 games and my win above a replacement player i'm i'm worth like a win and a half a whole year i play and i'm a win and a half better than an average dude the fuck that that, that bothers me that talk about marginalizing that me. pisses me off that stat because i'm like this can't be this simple right this is everything like, i've watched Mike is Trout's really this simple 12 wins but even like solid players are like six i'm like what? not even yeah yeah that pisses me off but that's the point i'm making is like it is just there are it's such an individual sport you're it's so much stuff is out of your control it pisses you off and then you realize mike trout's played in three playoff games his entire career and you go well his teams have been pretty shitty, though. He needs to be worth 20 wins. Yeah. But even if his teams are shitty. Yeah. I'll defend yeah. him that way. Anyway. Uh, all right, John. Let's start this just by talking about – start this. We're 30 minutes in. Let's talk about the game, uh, specifically the total in this game, because I was wondering – Do you feel Super Bowl weeky back there? Like, you feel the buzz? Uh, Yeah, I think I feel a little su- – I feel the, – the Kobe's death has made it emotionally complicated. Yeah. Um, it has. But, I, well, I guess then the answer, if I got to think about it, the answer is like kind of, but not as much as I thought I would on a Tuesday. You know? Um, but, like, I didn't turn on the TV today. I didn't well, watch any the, of the. There aren't, I mean. I mean, I did watch a lot of what players said. We're so good at this that we can make topics that aren't really there. There aren't some crazy storylines right now. There's not a huge injury you're keeping an eye on. There's not a huge controversy. Last night, no one really said anything crazy, not even close. I mean, it's it's pretty boring. Like, sometimes all it takes is, like, 
fuck those guys or, you know. Right. Uh, Frank Clark talking about D Ford isn't moving the needle. Or what about this? George Kittle shows up to media night on crutches, you know, something like that. There's there's none of that. Remember the one year yeah. Gronk. Remember he was hurt going into a, a play a Super Bowl and could barely walk. I remember Dwight Freeney and one of, and Peyton Manning's. They ended up losing the Saints at a bad ankle. Like a bit, there's just it feels like everyone's healthy. So that's that's where we come in. That's where we we got topics though. Yeah, luckily we're professionals at this. So let's talk about the total on this game, John, and we'll we'll tell you that this segment. I mean, this this part of the conversation is brought to you by MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. You want to gamble on the Super Bowl, props out the ass. Uh, this is the place to do it. You, you don't want to gamble on the Super Bowl, NBA, Premier League, it's all there. 24-7 customer service team, best promotions, fastest payouts. MyBookie.ag, when you use the promo code HAM1, they'll match your first deposit halfway up to 1000 bucks. If you want to, if you choose to accept that uh, bonus, you have to bet it, but... If not, still promo code HAM1. Love it. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. 54.5 is the over-under. All right, so that'd be like, so mathematically, 28-26 is a 54-point total. Would be half point the under. 30-25 hits. It's really like once you start doing some of the numbers, you're like, well, you kind of, it's it's a solid number. Right, because there have been some numbers in the low-scoring game where they get into, like, the Thursday night games as the season goes on, sometimes hit around that 39. And then a lot of times they know it'll be, like, 7-3 to three in the fourth quarter. It's like, they were on it! And you're like, how are they? 30-29, to 29, or, you know, 39, all it takes is 25-20, to 20 and you're way past it, and you realize you don't even sniff that. In this, what makes it tough is, like, well – if the Chiefs were playing just a random good team, you'd be like, it's going to be high scoring. That's the way they play. You just go, well, the Niners, they held the Vikings, who were critical of Kirk Cousins, but there's no disputing. I saw Diggs walking around, elite player. Thielen, elite player. They had a ton of guys. They, they scored 10 points, and really the one touchdown was off the guy that we opened up the show about getting benched. And the Packers, they scored 20 points, but did they really score 20 points? I mean, it was fucking like 35-3. to three. The game felt over, and then they hit a couple deep touchdowns where it was kind of – it's weird to say this in an NFC Championship game, but to me, garbage time started in the third quarter in that game. So, like, if it had been tight, like if the Niners had only had 14 points on the board, would the final score have been 14-3? to Not – you know, they, they were not going to score touchdowns. They were there to kick it. They don't allow touchdowns when they are trying to not allow touchdowns, except when earlier in the season when they were missing guys. And that's why this team in the playoffs – is the team that was, for the first eight or nine weeks, clearly the eye test. I know at one point in time it was like, well, the Patriots, slower scoring defense, and you watch the Patriots, you're like, yeah, they're fucking playing who knows who from the Miami Dolphins and the, the Jets. Didn't they play the Jets with Luke Falk? And Gase was basically like, I just want to quit. <laughs> Remember, it was like, Adam. Gase I, didn't let him take any snaps. It was like, Adam, are, are you throwing the game? So, I, And I think as the year played out, I don't want to take it. The Patriots' defense was really good, but I, I think most people in NFL circles would say this Niners' defense this season was the best defense in the league, right? If we just poll, like, GMs and coaches. it was It's more dynamic than the Patriots. But you could counter me and go, well, middle cop, once they started playing good teams, they started letting more points, and that's where I get back to, well, they were missing a lot of guys, key guys. D Ford, they gave the guy $40 million in a second-round pick for him. Kwaski Tart is a really good player. 
uh, Quan Alexander is just the combination of those two guys make the Niners D unstoppable. And, and Sherman missed a game. I'm trying to think, what game did he miss? Was it the Saints game? He missed. Uh, he definitely missed a game in there against a good team. Who got? Was it Quan got hurt? I think it was the Saints at game at the beginning of the Saints game, or did they both miss the Saints game? Quan got Ford missed the Saints game. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he hurt his hamstring in the Saints game or the Ravens yeah. game. One of those two games. I think it was the Saints Sherman, game. Sherman, that no, that was the Saints game. Sherman had seven tackles in the Saints game. Sherman got a stinger in one of those games. The Ravens game, but that was before the Saints game. Was it against the Rams that he missed? Did he miss a game, or am I? Did he not miss a game? No, you're not crazy. You're you. Uh, I thought he pulled a hamstring against somebody. He did. He did. Was, was it? Was it against the Rams? Mm. Oh, do you know who it was? It was against the Falcons. And remember Julio Falcons and, game. and Julio went like 14 for 150 in the game winner. And remember that was a point of conversation. Well, the game they had nothing against Julio. He, he was like an NBA player that game. It was the Falcons game. But he played the next week against the Rams. Yeah, he got hurt He got hurt against the Saints, hurt the hammy, and then didn't play the next week against the Falcons. Didn't play against Julio. Gotcha. <clears throat> kind of okay. crazy. They won the Saints game, then they lost the Falcons game. Am I in the right order? Yes. Yeah. Sure feels like a long time yeah. ago. So, I mean, look, man, like, I I struggle because it feels pretty fundamental that people just – it's easy to think that the over is what would happen in a Super Bowl – Last year, the total was 58. Uh, did not hit, John. The final score was 13-3. to three. Easy to forget, the Rams didn't even get a touchdown. Is that embarrassing? D- did not score a t- Yes, it is, actually. I know it was Belichick, but God. Not like the Patriots um, are great either. I mean, it's 13 points is not many. That's a bad game. I mean, that was a boring Super Bowl. <laughs> the year before... 41-33 was the final score. Big Nick Nick. Eagles-Patriots. That game was... Th- uh, the year would, before that... Would you agree that game feels like the most fun game in the last decade? It's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, because Patriots-Falcons was... Sucked. The, the final score, you're like, overtime? 34-28? It was not a good like, game. Yeah, it was a crazy comeback, but it was... Broncos-Panthers, meh. Patriots-Seahawks was great. Seahawks-Broncos, meh. Niners-Ravens got good. Yeah, to me, I the Niners, Ravens, and C and C and uh, and Atlanta Patriots look better on paper than they did to the eyes. I you're, agree. you're right. The Patriots Seattle game that was sweet. I'd say Patriots Seattle and Big Dick Nick against those guys felt sweet because all of a sudden it was like, is Big Dick Nick going to win the Super Bowl? Because it, it right away about through halftime, you're like, the Eagles are for real. This is they might win. That, that, to me, what was cool about that. Like, Nick, you just kept saying in your head, Nick Foles is going to win the Super Bowl. Nick Foles is going to be Brady. Nick Foles is going to be. Yeah. And then they, both of them ran a couple trick plays. To me, that adds to it. It's like, oh, is it a kitchen sink game? Remember, they run the trick play to Brady, and they overthrew him. And then they hit Nick a little bit later on the, on the Philly special, and it was like, I get two trick plays. Just remember, Tom was wide open. Right when he threw it, you're like, oh, my God, Tom's going to go for like 30 or 40 yards. And he just laid. And that's, it's not like Tom's a midget. You know, they overthrew him pretty good. Now the Seattle ending, that's an all-timer. I, I remember my heart dropping. That's all I want, guy, is a game like Big Dick Nick or Seattle. I don't want an Atlanta. I don't want – Oh, that's all? I, well, I, but I just mean I want that type where it's just a high-level game. It, the, I don't, I'm not asking for Malcolm Butler play. I just don't like – because when you have an Atlanta moment, 
remember part of the Big Dick Nick game was Malcolm Butler didn't play. And that, that felt like that story lasted for, like, months. Like, I, I just those, – th- those type stories now in just general wear me out. Like, it should have given it to Marshawn. I mean, we talked about that for a year. It's like, can I, do you know the great part about, like, Big Dick Nick just won the Super Bowl? In Philly, they didn't care about Malcolm Butler. <laughs> but last year, there just wasn't much to talk about, so we just like, oh, that was boring. It really was more like, what's up with the Rams? Like, were the Rams – like, what was their deal? And then this year was kind of weird. And now it's just their conversations, kind of like Todd Gurley. That's, that's I guess, what I want to avoid, an offseason where, like, a big-picture thing happens and you go, what are they going to do? Like, that just it just wears me out, man. Yeah. I. Um, so the only thing that holds me back is feeling like it's the obvious, but I think this is going to be a higher-scoring game. Now, I know both teams are good at right, Spagnolo has done a pretty good job with the Chiefs' defense. Obviously, the Niners' defense is really good. Would you say Hat is he gonna- Spagnolo was in charge of the greatest defensive performance of the modern era, beating the 07 Patriots? Remember that? I mean, they didn't just beat him. They kind of, like, kicked their ass all over Brady. They couldn't score. He's been doing the same thing for a long time, really. Well, that's where I think conventional but, but wisdom around the Super Bowl, just the talk is like good defense always yeah. beats good offense in these type games. Just look at the history of the last 25, 30 years. I know, but here, here's the problem is that we're talking about a dominant 49ers run game and a generational talent on the other side of quarterback. Right? I mean, we're talking about a run game that just had a dude break off 200 plus and four touchdowns. And a Chiefs, like what terrifies me from a Niners perspective, in my, just for my personal list, the David Tyree catch is the greatest Super Bowl play I've ever witnessed. Okay, just for me, I'm not. It doesn't have to be. I'm not saying it's number one on the list, but it, like, what gets for not forgotten. But to me, the crazy part of that, I I remember watching that play and thinking Eli is about to get sacked. Well, they could. You they, know, they, they could have blown. The, they could have blown the whistle, right? You know how you're watching – yeah, they could have. You know you're watching a play and you start to look away because you're like, the play is ending and then it's not over? Thankfully, I didn't look away. But, I, like, Patrick Mahomes can make plays like that. So, I just think – like, I watched this team. They had to play in a game like that against New Orleans. Now, is this going to be the New Orleans game? No, I don't think it's that. But If I'm going to gamble on the over-under, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1, I would take the under because I wouldn't be able to sleep with myself. I know. Or excuse me. I would take the over. Be, oh, beca- okay. be just because, like, if these quarterbacks get hot and the offensive coordinator – to me, it's a double whammy. It's like they got the hell horses on both sides that all these guys can score touchdowns. The Chiefs can do at historic rates. The Niners, when they're humming, they got so many weapons that they can put up points. And then the op- both these two teams have elite play callers. So you combine those two things, right? It's just if they both get into a rhythm, it almost to me turns into a basketball game where they famously say, right, good offense, it's the one sport where good offense just beats good defense. I do think the great play callers, especially in 2020, the way the rules are, like you can just scheme stuff to your advantage. And they can't – it's not – back when Seattle beat uh, Denver, because it comes up a lot this week, I think. Well, that, that was a little similar. I do think there are a couple big differences, Guy. One major difference, Peyton couldn't move, kind of like Tom. So if you can rush him, he's kind of fucked. Patrick 
everyone watches him all the time. He's always like, how many of his plays are like in the pocket, bang, bang, boom? A lot of it's like, screw this, I'm going to roll out here, I'm going I'm to do a little 360 here. He's got a little Russell Wilson in his game. Now, the Niners rushers are elite, but to think that he can't keep plays alive, look what he did against the Titans. He did a couple times rolling out and making plays. Same with the Texans game. I, I think that's a strength of his against pass rush, kind of the innate pocket feel Russell Wilson style. Not just Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, kick your fucking ass inside the pocket because they can't run away. Patrick kind of goes, I got good footwork in here, but there's Bosa. I'm going to go this way. That's where I think that like this game changes. Plus, you know, like the Warriors, whenever they when they were in their mastery of kicking everyone's ass, broken plays, you were so screwed with them because their guys knew exactly where to pop out to the three-point line. Like, Clay's the master at it, just like a float back, Steph too. Yeah, offensive rebound. Kevin, yeah. Kevin learned it too, and I think Kevin's always done this naturally. And all of a sudden, it's like broken play, boom, back out to the three, wide open, swish. Don't you think the Chiefs wide receivers are just like, they know when they see him move, like, which way he wants them to go? There was a clip that went viral. It might have been against the Texans. That was a game I think Kelsey had three touchdowns. When Travis, they get to the sideline, and Travis goes, how'd you know I was going to turn back left? And Mahomes like, I just knew. And Travis like, what? And it was like a crazy little flick, and like Travis had to catch almost on the ground. And he, he like turned last second. And I think Mahomes just knows these guys really well. And that, to me, like the broken plays, do not benefit the Niners. Just it wouldn't benefit anyone unless you had Rod Woodson and Dion, just because the speed they have, guy. The speed, and the speed, they're hard enough to stay. Speed. But John, yeah, so that's a good point. It's why when I think about why I think it would hit the over, because I think the 49ers have to score to win this game. Because I just think those guys, even before the play is broken, are really hard to cover. I just think the Chiefs will be able to score. You agree if it gets the Niners will have to score if it gets both in the thirties, you feel less confident about like if you tell me this game's in the low twenties, you're like the Niners are gonna win. If you tell me this game's in the thirties, that's gonna benefit that's how the Chiefs wanna play. It's like okay, okay, Houston, you wanna shoot unlimited threes, we're gonna beat you. We do this better than you. Like you can play the percentages, whatever, our percentages are higher. If Chiefs look at you wanna go in the high thirties, that's where we feel the most comfortable. You know, I think the part about Patrick Mahomes that you described that makes him so crazy dangerous, I heard Tyreek Hill do an interview, and they were asking him, like, what, you know, just what's it like to play with Mahomes? Is that when he made fun of his voice? Uh, no, I did not hear that. He did, that. like, a frog voice, like, what he screams when he gets in the huddle. Was it pretty good? No, not really. I gotta, I gotta find that. It wasn't that. very good. Oh, okay. It sounded like a frog, but No, but he Mahomes. said, he's like, um, he's like, you know, when there's a scramble drill... He's like, you can just be wherever you are. Like, it doesn't matter because he can make every throw on the field. He's like, it makes our job so easy. I don't have to, like, when he starts running right, I don't have to, like, start breaking back right. I just, wherever I am, he can get the ball to me. And it's really, when you think of it in simple terms, think about all the times you hear about, like, we got to cut the field in half. You go this way. The f- as much space as out there is what's available to Patrick Mahomes. As deep as you get, he'll throw it to you. As weird as your angle is on the other side of the field he'll throw it to you it doesn't matter wherever the defense is just be open like a lot of guys are limited you can't just be open anywhere the quarterback still has to be able to get it to you so if he's rolling right and you're 40 yards on the other side of the field yeah you're open no one's around you but he can't get you the ball well Mahomes he can get you the ball he's like bonds like there's no place anywhere near the strike zone you can throw the baseball where he doesn't hit it like that's what that's what makes him so great I think and 
It's what makes them so terrifying. You know, the one thing cool is every there's no there's nowhere safe. Every person you run into, and again, like I said, I've talked to maybe I'm underselling a little bit, like six or seven people. Well, I know I listed seven people that you told me. People to. are really excited for this game. It's not like, well, this team doesn't deserve to be here. Ah, uh, this this is a ten point line. It feels like this is a heavyweight fight. Any both teams can legitimate win, legitimately win. Both teams could beat anybody in the league, and it's just it feels like a big time Super Bowl. You know, I, I think going back, like, did last year feel like a Super Bowl? It kind of did, but it was like, are the Rams, you know, are, you know, with Gurley not being the same, they didn't feel like the same. The year before, it was just, can Big Dick Nick really win the Super Bowl? And it turns out they could once the game started. But I think the last, like, high-level team, high-level team, because even the Patriot team that ended up coming back on the Falcons, to me, wasn't as good as the next couple years' teams. But, and definitely not, last year's team was really good. I think that the Seattle-New England game was like, these are two heavyweight fighters. And I also think it's different. I, I guess this is unfair because the Niners are new. Because you could say that Atlanta team was really good. Weren't they 14-2 and two or 15-1? and one? Like, they were, they were a dominant start-to-finish squad. But sometimes when you have, like the, like, the Atlanta team or that one Panthers team that played the Broncos, that had been around for a while. It was like, it's just the flash in the pan. I think that's what's cool about the Niners. Because of their coach, they don't feel like a flash in the pan, right? They just, yeah. like, Jimmy didn't really have a career year. I mean, you talk to the casual guy, they just think Jimmy might be just okay. So in a couple years, he should be dramatically better. And they don't, it's not like they need to pay him. He's already been paid at a relatively no, low number next to the you know other top quarterbacks. So they should be good for a while. So should the Chiefs. Like I, I don't think it's insane to say this. It's difficult for this to happen, clearly. But who's to say this couldn't be the matchup next year? Like We've talked about the favorites. Both these two teams are going to be prohibitive, you know, viewed as top Super Bowl-like teams. Going right. into the, you know, unless one of the quarterbacks has a major injury in this game. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But otherwise, I don't see how that's not possible. You know, because all these guys are under contract coming back. I guess the Niners could do something weird, right? Like franchise and trade Eric Armstead, where you're like, uh, oh, did they upgrade or did they move money around? That they they would probably like the Chiefs. But, like, who on the Chiefs not coming back? Yeah, I mean, they will just uh, they'll they are on they will be on the top tier next year of the teams that you think can win the Super Bowl. I, whatever that list. Looks and if like. you're the Niners, and we got the next couple months to talk about this after the game. What scenario does Eric Armstead not at least come back for one year when he's been this good and you're trying to make a run and your quarterback's under contract? Why wouldn't you put all your chips in the middle of the table and try to win a couple or get back, right? Yeah, unless you're doing some Khalil Mack trade. But who are they going to get that's like better than him? It's cheap, you know? Well, I'm just saying, would you do if someone offered you? I mean, you're not getting the Khalil Mack offer, right? But like, who's Khalil Mack? Oh, you're, oh, you're saying like trade him for I'm a saying one. if you're Eric Armstead, yeah. Would you trade Eric Armstead for a first-round pick? So you have two first-round picks. Yeah, then I'd think. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, guy, that you might. But I, if you told me this, they were offered – who was a team just in the AFC? So let's say the Packers or the Titans offered their first-round pick, you know, 28 or 29, or 29 and 30 for Eric Armstead. I, I, if you told me they turned that down to keep him for a year under the franchise tag, I would say that's not that crazy. I would agree. You know? I would agree, based on where that pick is. 
Yeah. I think. You, and if you're drafting at 13, you're not trading him that pick. Yeah, and I also think like, I think like Seattle in a vacuum would want a guy like him, but you wouldn't trade him to Seattle, right? Unless it was they offered you two first round picks, then you do it. But like, just for their one, are you going to help them out? Do you do that? I get it's. Do you, I don't think you trade him to Seattle, right? You couldn't do that. No, I no no no. I think you would do. Seattle traded him to the AFC. The Raiders traded. Well, here's one their guy to the AFC. I, like if you let him walk, I think Seattle would be a team being all over him. You know, so it's like a team in your division would want this guy. Yeah. Or the Rams. I guess they don't have any money, but feels like they always do somehow. They'll find a way. Uh, you mentioned Jimmy John. Let's talk about that. Because Shanahan got asked. It does seem like, to me, this is one of the developing storylines of the Super Bowl. A lot of people watch, and it just feels like a casual conversation. Shanahan got asked about, you know, do you basically, I think the question was like, do you trust Jimmy, or do you not trust him, or whatever the deal, because of the eight passes in the conference championship game. Honestly, my first reaction was, I don't even want to know that somebody asked him that. Like, I don't care. I think that, that, do you trust Jimmy, is pretty stupid if you just watch him. But I do think there is just this kind of casual opinion that Garoppolo is, you know, just kind of a guy who plays quarterback for Kyle Shanahan's running offense and great defense. Like, that seems to be, as the week has gone on and the season has gone on, maybe there was a point in the year where I thought it was just kind of commonly accepted. Everyone's watching Jimmy. They see how great he is. But, I, you know, it turns out that's by the majority of just casual football fans, that's not what has happened. Do you think that's fair? Yeah. Yeah. I would say the casual guy thinks of Jimmy as pretty average. But again, they kind of helicopter in and out. I, you know, I think. But that's, it, but that's just the majority of fans. Like, that's narratives come from those people. I also think, though, it's a prisoner of the moment with society because everyone was blowing Jimmy after the Saints game, right? Because Every, that was a national game. Uh, the Seattle game, he went 18 of 22 for th- basically 300 yards and was awesome. The Rams game, which was on Saturday night, he was awesome. And everyone, like, I, I felt like everyone was on board. Like, yeah, he's a really good player. And then he just does, not that he, he actually, he was shaky in the first half against the Vikings. That's not arguable. He was shaky. But I thought he didn't have to do anything the second half or all the Packer game. That's, is that his fault? Like, why wouldn't they run it if it works? Now, if he wins this game, if the Niners win this game and he has one of those seven for tens, yeah, he's not going to get any credit, which is fine. Why, who even cares? But that would be, is Jimmy, the, is Jimmy the guy? Is Jimmy the guy? And, yes, he's the guy. But I just mean, like, is Jimmy, is, is he the greatest game manager of all time would be, like, his, his <laughs> narrative. Well, look, I think if for those of you new to this podcast, I, I, I definitely believe he's the guy and a dude, so to speak. Um, but I, I, to me, it's not about whether he gets the credit. It's just I, I think part of it is that he signed a big contract, right, before a contract that was viewed as a big contract before he'd done anything with the Niners. I think we both thought it was a contract absolutely that the Niners should do. But I think this just goes a long way, this game, if he were to play well in this game. And I kind of feel like he's going to have to play well in this game, like have to go make some plays. Again, maybe not the Saints level, but I do think he's going to have to make some well, plays. Well, here would be one. He's bad. Mahomes is good. They lose. It'll, you'll have a lot of, well, Jimmy Garoppolo's not even in the stratosphere of Mahomes, 
which we already know Mahomes is a better player, but if it's one of those where Jimmy like throws a couple picks, the Niners lose by 10 or 15, and Mahomes is just Mahomes, it'll be like, that's what a franchise quarterback looks like. That's Jimmy, right? I'm just, that that yeah. would be the takes. And I, my, ta- yeah. my take would just be he had a shitty game. Like, I've seen, him in, I've seen him in big moments, in games that he hasn't had to do in the two playoff games. But that Saints game, that was a playoff game, right? That was a playoff game. The Rams game was a playoff game. And he was fucking awesome. So I've seen him in big spots. Now, is it a little more stressful in the playoff game? I, I think you, that's fair to say, right? There is more, especially this game. There is it's Super Bowl. It doesn't get any bigger. So, yeah, nerves or whatever. But if he throws a pick... Let's just say he wins, and he throws one touchdown, one pick, and Mostert and Burita and Tevin Coleman combined for like four touchdowns. So he doesn't really have to do as much. I'd be like, yeah, Jimmy throws picks, and they run the ball a lot. Like it's uh, no, my I, my opinion is not going to change. I don't think at all. I don't think it's well, changeable. He might have, you know what game? He might have the game that's like you know whatever the number is, uh, fifteen of twenty-five, no touchdowns, one pick, but they run four touchdowns in. See, there might even be that. But are we box score scouting? Like he has to get touchdowns. I'm just saying the masses. Is that what they're looking for? He needs touchdowns. No, no, no. I, I, the bottom line is this: if they win the game and he plays well, then this conversation ends. And if they don't win the game because he plays poorly, this conversation continues. And you might think he's just had a bad game, and I might think he just had a bad game. But when you have a Super Bowl chance, when you have the chance to win the Super Bowl sitting right in front of you, and you don't win the Super Bowl, then it does that result changes the way, for better or worse, you get talked about. And that's fair. I mean, there should be a lot put on this game. This is a big deal. There's a reason that I would imagine the guy, the Super Bowl MVPs walking around here were the guys with Super Bowl rings. They have more clout. Like Rod Woodson walks by me, Jerome Bettis walks by me, it does now again. They're maybe a little nostalgic because I'm young. I was young when they were playing, but like Stefan Diggs walks by me. It does not the same. Even seeing Gronk, you're like, well, that Gronk's that guy's a super. That guy's a champion several times over. He was a and he was yeah. just a, he's a champion player for athletes. Championship. You have to be so great to overcome. You have to be such a big figure in this. If Charles Barkley was never on television. Do you think we'd talk about... Now, Charles was a great player, like a great player. But I think the fact that he's just continually a face of the sport, that's now as big a part of Charles's fame as the fact that he was a great player. Well, let's say Marino had been Phil Simms uh, on TV and been Nance's partner yeah. for like the last 15 years I, and had his personality and we just saw him all the time and everyone liked him and be like, I love Marino. He would be like, uh, you know, I know he didn't win a championship, but you could make the argument. He was the greatest quarterback of all time. Because I think there are still kind of people that are like, I'm telling you, I played against him. That motherfucker was like Michael Jordan football. I know he didn't win it, but I've never seen a better one. And he's just kind of out of sight. Think about how great, John. But how great, but to me, like Marino, how great he had to be to get discussed like that when he didn't win a championship. Well, and like you just and have then, to be and then so disappear big for 20 years. For sure. But like Ro- Romo, if he's on TV 15 years from now, it won't matter that Romo didn't win a championship. He's just going to be Tony Romo. Yeah. But for most people, if you win a title, like well, so, John so, Elway's so my, first my Super argument, Bowl win. Like, I, wouldn't you say Marino yeah. was better individually than Charles? 
But do you think that Charles has maintained such fame that he's just in the vernacular more than a guy like Marino? Or do you think Marino still, you'd argue that he was so good we still talk about Marino like all the time? Because you, you don't really feel Yeah, like, Marino no, comes up all the time. Yeah, no one lists a top five list without Marino. Like he's he was so good. Like like Jerry West is an example. Now I know he won the one, but didn't he lose like eight? Isn't Jerry West talked about he like went to, isn't Jerry West talked about like he has like five? Oh, Jerry West, one of the great players ever. Yeah, he's just great. I do think if you, I do think if you go to an absurd amount, and he went to like, like you said, eight or nine yeah. finals. I think he, uh, he is the logo. Yeah, too, he went but. to a lot. Yeah, it's different. But you know my point. Like, if you're so good and you don't win it, like, did Julius Irving ever win a Super Bowl or a, a Super Bowl NBA Finals? I don't know if he did. But I think he's on the level where everyone's just like, oh, Dr. J is one of the top twenty players ever. You're right. Once, oh, they did win in '83, so they, so he won a championship. But I think he's another guy that gets talked about. Like, yeah, he's got three or four. He's just one of the all-time greats. You can transcend it when you're an all. Like, if if Mahomes goes to a couple, and I never think wins he it, gets talked about like it doesn't matter whether he won or not. Right? Dr. J. Yeah, because he kind of transcended the sport. Yeah. But like, so, for example, Jim, but, Jim Kelly, who went to four, never won one. I'd have to go back and, like, we were young. Like, look at the numbers, how well he played. But I don't know. People don't talk about him like he shit the bed or anything. They just got beat. He's viewed – he's a Hall of Famer, and he's viewed – but he's not talked about – he never gets included in the top ten list, right? If, imagine if he had won two of those four. He'd be like, well, Jim Kelly, fuck, beat the Cowboys and beat Parcells. <laughs> don't, would, would you imagine if Jim Kelly had won two of the four, we, the narrative on his career would be dramatically different? He had two championships and went to two others. Wouldn't we talk about him like, yeah, you can't, you can't have a top ten list without Jim Kelly. Yeah, we might. You're right. Because Drew Brees has the one. And we're like, yeah, Drew. Steve Young Steve Young has the one. I mean, as a, yeah, you know. Yeah, the one. The guy went to four. And if um, I, and some of those games, like the AFC Championship, they blew people out. Like, they were a dominant team. But he couldn't win it. Did the Super Bowl. Remember this, like. I, I think, though, I guess we can get into this in a second. It's going to be hard for Jimmy. I guess he could have a four it, because of the Chiefs to have one of those three or four touchdown games. Well, he's Super Bowl champion, and he was Super Bowl MVP. That would change his life. But if he just is a Super Bowl champion and he kind of felt like the game manager, that will carry until he does it again. Where Mahomes, if they're going to win it, more than likely he's going to be the Super Bowl MVP, and he goes full-on legend at 24 years old, which is – which I right. love about sports because then we just got this guy who's immediately – and we haven't had this in the NFL, what do you think, since like Rodgers or Russell Wilson? And even Russell, remember, he fought it for a long time. I think Rodgers, while he had to wait, once he won the Super Bowl, it's like, this guy's the best guy in the league. In 2010, it's like, this guy's a top – this guy's one of the great talents we've ever seen immediately. Where Mahomes, again, I get it was 10 years ago, I do feel like the hype on him is even stronger – because he already won the MVP. Do you think Russell Wilson has ever been the face of the NFL? No, because he's been in the NFL to Tom Brady the whole time. Yeah, I don't think he has been. Right. Like Brady or Rodgers, those have been the guys that you would say are the faces of the league in Russell's prime. But Mahomes can be the face of the league. Russell, if Russell had won a Super Bowl in his prime the last three or four years, I think he would have jolted that way. Remember, he won the Super Bowl, as Russ, as Richard would tell you, Right now, me and Marshawn. Remember, he did win yeah, kind of as maybe. a game manager. I, I, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's because he's up in the Pacific Northwest or because he's not as 
you just don't see him kind of just his conversations or like Mahomes is just so unguarded. You know, I, I think um, I think he wins a Super Bowl guy. You're talking NBA level superstar fame, like yeah, Steph or something. No doubt. I mean, you could argue it's already pretty he's close. Got NBA, he's got Steph level fun. Yeah, you could argue it's already really he's close. Steph on turf. The Super Bowl championship would be a game changer. All right, let's get to that. And and you know what's funny? You say I I hadn't really considered a world where Jimmy Garoppolo is the Super Bowl MVP, even though I'm picking the Niners in the game. I hadn't really thought of it like. I just to me it's been like it's probably a running back or somebody on defense. Well, it shows you you can pick Super Bowl MVP with the Niners it, pretty easily without picking Jimmy. You can't do that with the Chiefs. Now, no. where you could is like we talked about take the guess. Well, if Jimmy if the Chiefs win, Jimmy probably throws a couple picks. Does the same guy get multiple picks? Like if Honey Badger has two picks and one of them is a pick six and ten sacks, and Mahomes just has like a two touchdown game, you could just go Honey Badger. That to me would be the guy. Legacies made here. Before we get to the uh, different ones that are on the line, let's tell you that this podcast is brought to you in part by DraftKings. It all comes down to this. Super Bowl 54. Who's hoisting the trophy, John? Spraying the champagne. Woo! I like the Niners. You like the Chiefs. There's. I was just saying <laughs> no, that's, that. That's okay. That's, that's okay. Picking. I like Andy. The season will end on a winning note. Yours can too. This is your last chance to play fantasy football till next season with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Guy, plus new users who sign up today on DraftKings using the code HAM will receive a free shot at $1 million. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a free shot at a million-dollar payday. Above board. That's DraftKings' above board company. Get in on the Super Bowl 54 action. Download the DraftKings app now and enter the code HAM during sign-up. For a limited time, all new users will get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. That's code HAM, H-A-M, and get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. There you go. I like it. Podcast also brought to you by ExpressVPN. Where we are in the Bay Area, John's all the way in Miami. No matter where you are, ExpressVPN lets you do whatever you want on the internet. Guy, I, basically it, protects uh, you from all the other people out there trying to hack into your shit. When you go to this, uh, you know, the ham. Our budget was limited, so we went courtyard. It's kind of a not sketchy area, but you know, questionable in uh, South Beach. Well, when I li- log on to the internet, and you know, I had to upgrade extra five dollars for the super fast. That you use ExpressVPN. That way, no one can see all of our. You know, special information, my personal information when I'm logging into wellsfargo.com to check out my numbers, you know, see if I don't have double zeros everywhere. And uh, ExpressVPN, it just protects you everywhere you go. I know we got a lot of listeners. We have a new type of employee in 2020, guy. A lot of people work remotely. A lot of people like getting out of the house, maybe want to go to Starbucks, maybe go to wherever you go, just has Wi-Fi. Well, the free Wi-Fi people can hack into. Well, that's the great part about ExpressVPN. You can control that only you can see it. And you can also pick different countries to be in. So if you want to do things like get the NBA League Pass and you can sign in, games won't get blacked out. It's really great. I love expressvpn.com slash ham. ExpressVPN works with your computer, phone, router, consoles like Fire TV. So you can watch, uh, you know, games, games that get blacked out in some markets. You can watch them from any device, anywhere. Use our special link today. Three months free at expressvpn.com slash ham. It's expressvpn.com slash ham. Three months free when you get a one-year package. Expressvpn.com slash ham to learn more. 
I like it. All right. Hall of Fame game. Hall of Fame Super Bowl. Who, who's got a lot on the line here? Who's got the Hall of Fame to gain here? Well, I think who, the guy with the most on the line by guarantee far. it. Yeah, I think Andy wins it. He's a lock Hall of Famer. And I was uh, BSing with our old friend Peter King this morning. And I was like, man, you know, just this game means a lot to him because he was he rode with him to work the other day. And Pe- I saw the photo. Yeah, it was incredible. and Peter, he actually, if you go to his podcast, he, I think he had his recorder out. I listened to a lot of it. So like everything he wrote, Andy said, at least he, the part he played on the podcast. And he asked Andy, like, it would mean a lot to you. And I thought Andy gave a pretty, like most coaches would give. Like, listen, I give my heart and soul to this. I'm here nonstop. I've given everything I had to this sport. I every game I go in thinking we're going to win. I, me and my young coaches, we develop the best plan we possibly can. Like if I don't win it, what am I supposed to? I didn't. There's nothing else I could have done leading up to the week. Like I prepared all those wins that everyone says I'm so great. I do the same thing when I lose. You know the process, but it, it does matter. Uh, he, deep down, he knows it, but. What I think makes him, because I asked him, like, who's a better coach? Because I couldn't relate to this. Mar- I said, Marv Levy or Andy Reid? And Peter laughed. Maybe this was off the record, but when you're talking to reporters, everything on the record, he laughed. He's like, <laughs> of course, Andy. And I started thinking of a guy, that guy went to four, and he's in there. And I think most people around football would say Andy's better. But, you know, you don't have a Super Bowl. That is something that in this modern-day age of us talking about this shit gets talked about. Because think about this. So he doesn't have a Super Bowl, meaning he doesn't have one on Monday morning? That means Kyle Shanahan, who three years into his head coaching career and at 40 years old is a Super Bowl champion and looks to be like the next skinny version of Andy Reid, but Kyle already has that in the bank. It looked like he'd be on a lock to a Hall of Fame career. He doesn't even need to win another one, guy. He just needs to be in the playoffs like 10 out of the next 15 years. He'd be good, right? That's what's crazy about this one game, that how much is on the line, and rightfully so. I mean, it's the reason Belichick is the Mount Rushmore of coaches, right, because it's six Lombardis as the head coach. And his two, I don't know if you know his two as an assistant, happened to be pretty famous ones. He was a defensive coordinator for Parcells when Parcells admitted he was in charge of the game plans. Shutting down Montana, shutting down those Bills teams, shutting down the fucking sweet teams of the 80s. Like, you realize you go back to the 80s, you're like, yeah, there were seven really good teams in the NFL, and the Giants were playing them all. The Eagles, the fucking Bears, the Niners. It was like, that's who they played in the playoffs. I think some good Vikings mm. teams. And then I, I, I do think Mahomes, if his career ended on Monday and they won this thing, and he was the Super Bowl MVP, Andy then would be in the Hall of Fame. Could you argue that like he had a Terrell Davis two-year career if he never played again? Like It would just be the, one of the greatest things we'd ever seen. Because I just know what I saw with my eyes. It was like, Jesus Christ, he was good. Yeah, I mean, he would a win, he'd be the youngest to win the Super Bowl and to win the MVP. The reg- the real MVP, when you the regular, what, what, not the real one, what, the, just the full season. And when you say just eye but, test, it's just he's remarkable. Like it's not one of those. Well, John, he just gets by doing this. <laughs> well, like at this point, if you said just look around, who's going into the Hall of Fame of active athletes? Right, you could make lists of guys, but they'd be guys that have been playing for a few years. Uh, how is this guy not going to be a Hall of Famer? I mean, health as long as he's healthy. He's a Hall of how many Famer. How many 10-year-old boys? I don't think that's a hot How many 10-year-old boys around the country just are going to have a cheap shirt in the next 12 months? That already Practice and no-look passes? That already just have one. Like, if you, if you were 10, wouldn't you want something Chiefs? Wouldn't this guy be one of your favorite players? 
He is. I mean, he's my favorite. I'm 35 years old. I love. I love watching the guy. If you told me right now for the next 10 years, you get to watch one player in one sport consistently. That's that's the only sport each season you're going to be guaranteed to watch those games. You'd have to think about it, but he'd have to be in like your top five. If you're just like they're all going to stay healthy, whoever you pick. But you got to watch this guy. Like you're like Zion. I don't know if you saw some of those Zion highlights the other night. I was like, Jesus Christ, guy's yeah. sweet. But it'd probably be him. No, he is to the NFL what Steph has been to the NBA, right? And Steph didn't start as fast as him. You know, it took Steph a couple no. of years. Now he was hurt. No. And Steph wasn't – there was a gradual buildup to Steph's dominance. Like, to me, he was dramatically better. He made the all-star team, then the MVP season, and then even that third year. Mahomes' 50-touchdown season was as good as you just see. Like it doesn't does it get much better than that? I know. I bet if you're sitting with like Coach Reed, well, he's better at looking off this, and we get this sometimes now. Like, yeah, I'm just saying the guy, me sitting on my couch, <laughs> drinking a Coke Zero, eating some chips. I mean, my jaw's dropping multiple times that year, and I he didn't even know what he was doing. So yeah, you can tell me you become a master at it. I think sometimes in football, does that slow you down a little bit sometimes when you know too much because the game is so complicated? To me, it's just like he's free and loose. He's got this. And that was made Steph so special, right? It's like, is he just playing a pickup game? Like, what's he doing? Steph and Mahomes are just kind of freelance in, in a controlled way. Well, I think the ultimate greats can fill their mind with every piece of scouting and still operate at maximum capacity without overheating, yeah. right? Like, Kobe never knew too much. But I'd say- like, my buddy was telling me, Kobe, Kobe legitimately watched eighth-grade film. Did you see the thing Jason Witten Instagrammed? No. He said he ran into Kobe a couple years ago at a New York Yankee game or something, and Kobe came up to him, and he said he either saw him on television talk about it, like in Monday Night Football, or he had seen, like on NFL Live, he's like, you were, they say you're the best at running the Y stick. It's the option route for the tight end. You go five yards, you can keep going straight, you can go left, you can go right, right? It's all based on, like, coverages, and he's like, you were the best Y stick runner. Can you pull it up and show me all the options? And Jason was like, is this guy serious? And he's like, I pulled it up. He's like, we talked about the Y stick for a couple hours at the game. He just wanted to know everything, like the tricks of the trade, if the defense. He was just fascinated by it. Think about that. Fascinated by the Y stick. Wow. And I just think. I'm not fascinated by the Y stick. Well, you're not. like Guys like me and Kobe were voracious learners, and you were, were uh, always curious. So just I'm with yeah. you. I don't give a shit about the Y stick either. But he was just very, very curious. <laughs> And that's where I think, like, where I disagree with you, though, about the guys that can take in the most information and still operate at the highest level. Now, this might be a bad example because this guy was probably more of a thinker than a player. Like, Mahomes, his talent was a lot greater than Peyton. Like, Peyton was really what made him so great is he was kind of Kobe-like. He was so focused in on the fundamentals, the details, his opponent. So it was like he already knew the answer to the test. Like, Mahomes just feels like he's kind of like Farvian just playing football. Yeah, he might just be a savant. He might not need to have that much. Yeah, right. Because well, I'd say Manning, it. wouldn't you say, remember early on when we were, like, in high school, it was always felt like, God, Peyton, why do you look so terrible in the playoffs? Like, I watched you all season throw 40 touchdowns, and you get in the playoffs, you can't get a first down. And people would kind of the knock on Peyton, right? He's kind of an overthinker. And I get it because in football, I think Jimmy said this yesterday, and it was a good point. He's like – the the any given Sunday, he's like it's kind of cheesy. Like I say, any given Sunday, everyone's gonna be like it's cheesy, but this is not basketball. You, we've talked about it. There's no seven game series. 
Like, so if I if something weird happens on Sunday, fuck it, any given Sunday, right? Weird shit happens in foot. It's one game, and I think that's probably why the Super Bowl is really so remembered. Like, you can remember plays where in baseball it's like, was that in game three or game six? I mean, you remember, like, game sevens, but if you just think about a great series that went five games, like, think about the series yeah. against OKC, against LeBron, that they say is one of the greatest five-game series ever. Think about that. It's like, well, so what happened in game three? You know, in football, it's just you, all you got to remember is one game. All you got to remember is the one game. And But it also that means if you're the player, it's just one game. I lose this thing. I'm going home, and people are going to talk shit. In basketball, there's no like, oh, we'll just we'll get them we'll get them when we get back home in three. In think a week. about in basketball how many just random bad games you might have over a playoff run. Like even like Kobe or Michael, they had bad playoff games. They didn't win every playoff game. You just lose some. It's like whatever. As long as you, if you win a series four two, what if you had two playoff games where you were shitty? No one even gives a shit. You have one bad playoff game or one bad Super Bowl. It's hard to shake that guy. Like, you could argue if the well, Rams don't make the playoffs the next couple of years, that might linger with Sean, right? Absolutely. And that's – Absolutely. It's not just that they lost, John. They were offensively – they had nothing. Like, is there anyone on the Niners who has the most to gain on the Niners just because Kyle's so early in his career, Jimmy's first year starting, I think by far the guy that has the most to gain that can just – He's already a borderline legend. It just gets cemented in stone. And, you know, in 10 years when the Super Bowl's in San Francisco again and me and you are sitting there and Richard Sherman walks by with his two rings, you go, it's one of the greatest big game DBs ever. Like, he's he's walking hand-in-hand, hand like, next to Jerome Bettis, or, I mean, uh, Rod Woodson and Deion Sanders. Like, yeah, it's one of the great DBs of all time. Yeah. Two-time um, Super Bowl champ. Great defenses twice. Think about it. he beat, pa- so beat Peyton Manning getting, and Mahomes. We've talked about this. The gap between zero and one is bigger than the gap between one and two. Like I think Richard's a Hall of Famer without another Super Bowl. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying what two would do for him and saving so, the Niners and being their team captain's a big deal. It, uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 but if you're asking me the biggest, I would go with Kyle because I, th- the reason being, I think Kyle Shanahan has the wherewithal to be a long-tenured, one-team head coach and a franchise that's had one of the greatest coaches of all time, Bill Walsh. Do you think it matters when you're an assistant winning or losing, like that he lost the Atlanta game? You know, uh, no, but I think part of that is that he, it turns out, is like he's gone off on his own. And now we just think he's a really good coach. You know what I mean? So we just look at it like that was a crazy situation. But it, he he clearly is not – part of this is how he's handled it. Like, he has not let it define him. Like, I saw somebody tweet, like, God, Kyle is just so likable at the podium. He really is. He's just so open, talks about everything, talks about how he – I didn't know he caught passes for Garoppolo at Garoppolo's pro day coming out of college because there weren't enough receivers. Peter King told me so, – Peter King told me he told Kyle – He's like, I'm, I honestly think this you're, you're the best in the league and one of the best I've ever seen. And Kyle was actually kind of shocked. Like, really? I'm that good? Like, I'm just, I've just relaxed a little bit. But I don't think he's – maybe he's just trying to hype it down. Do you think he goes out of his way to act like that? Or has he just kind of gotten into a groove where he just can act like he can act and it's easy? Because he, do, he no, doesn't feel fake. I, I don't think – I mean, he's Mike Shanahan's kid. Like, so it wouldn't shock me if Mike Shanahan's kid is not a chest pounder, chest thumper. You know what I mean? Well, that's what I asked Peter. I said, how would you? It seems pretty consistent I with asked him, is. like, 
who would you how would you describe Mike Shanahan and one attribute he said with Mike, he was really good with the media. He and the other guy that he used that he used to work for, I mean, with kind of because he was covering was Parcells. He said Parcells was a master at it. Everyone loved him. And and unlike Kyle, mm. he was every other day kind of an asshole. But he was like the cameras would come off and he like Saban. He, he, yeah, but even I think he was better than Nick. Like guys loved him. He had every guy's number. Called him all the time. Like he used the press. The press was more powerful then, right? Like, you had four guys that could write or take you down or not. Yeah. Like, he even talked about Mike Shanahan when Schefter covered him for the Denver Post. There was, like, the Denver Post and the Rocky Mountain News. And he said, like, Schefter and the other guy for the Rocky Mountain News, like, on the on the opposite uh, newspaper, didn't even speak. Like, it was a war, you know, trying to get their stories. But Mike, it was just a right. different world than we live in right now. I'm like, I can't imagine, like, Mayoko and Barros attacking each other, right? I mean, it just doesn't <laughs> even happen now. But... So, yeah, you're, I, I think Kyle learned a lot from his dad. I just think at the end of the day, I think Kyle Shanahan, in the amount of time we've had to watch, I think there's a chance he's a great coach, right? I think most you agree with that, right? There's a chance he's a great coach. Yeah. In the end, to be among the greats as a head coach in football, you've got to have a Super Bowl. You don't need five. You don't need three. But you've got to have one. And if you have one – then you have a chance to be one of the greats. The difference, I'd say, like Andy is, time isn't on his side as much as Kyle, right? It's 61 years old. Just, I mean, he's bigger. You know, I don't know if it's how will he age when he gets in his late 60s. Like the one thing you'd say about Belichick, and definitely, obviously, Pete's skinny, but even Bill, he's not that big. He's just small. I mean, Andy is just big. You know, it's how many people do you see at 68, 70 years old that are 300 plus pounds? It's hard to carry that weight. So right now, he's still. It's remarkable about him is the energy he has. I think there is way more pressure on him, in the sense that he's got to win the Super Bowl. Partly because his legacy is already, it's already set. Kind of, he's already done the two hundred wins. Yeah. In the well, games. like Kyle, if Kyle's got. So I was just saying Kyle relative no, to I know, I, But if we went whole picture, but think how much longer Kyle has to like win these. Now the diff. The, well, and you could argue, look, Andy is great. If you've watched him, you can think he's great with him not having a Super Bowl. Yeah. I, but I would say, yeah, Kyle's got time, but if you're going to be the kind of person that wins three, like you got to start early. It takes a long time to do to that. To me, there are two headlines. Andy wins one. It's one of those universally. Like, there'd be a story come out a week later. Every coach in the league texted him. He got an emails from, like, every former player. Shit like that. Kyle, the, to me, the headline on Kyle would be if he wins one. This guy might win three or four. Yes. So it's funny you say that. You just made me think. Like the newspaper, if I could go Ravel, the Andy holding the Super Bowl, that headline is just finally with an exclamation. Alex, Alex right? Mather like, would say finally. it'd be the athletic. The ath- <laughs> Shot the at the newspapers. You know? <laughs> oh, That's the guy, the founder of the athletic. Uh, my, my Taking a shot yeah. at newspapers dying. Like how much longer are we in five years? Are we still doing headlines? I still, I still imagine headlines. Me too, but you and I grew up on it. A lot of there are many kids around here that don't even know what a newspaper is. I know what you're saying. Uh, Try to make a joke. His would be finally. No, I I get you. But what what is that like? Do I do I just go to the athletic? I never go to the athletic.com. Let me look at the latest stories. Right, you just see stuff on Twitter. Click on it. I go to the. I go. I I go to take it back. I I do go. You know what I do is I go and I'll type in like Barrows. Well, I, I, when I, I signed like up, that. I picked a couple teams, so I get 
basically every Bay Area right. team. I pick the NFL, so I get all the national stories, and then I feel like I get like Amick. So I get everything I need. I feel like from my thread. <laughs> Here's the point: Andy's would be finally. Uh, Kyle's would be something about like you He's know coming. beginning of a dynasty. Yeah, yeah it would be get like ready. step w- dynasty step one. Get ready, right? Yeah, but for it to be that, you got to get the first one because you just ne- you never ever ever know what comes next. We've seen them. You know, it's. It is the story of life. It's the story of the NFL. It's the story of sports. You just – you can never assume you're going to get another shot. You never can. And I think Kyle – Kyle actually might be a little skewed. I mean, this is his third or second appearance in about three calendar years, right? I guess maybe three and a half. I'd have to do the math. Yeah. How many Super Bowls, if we count his dads, has he been on the sideline for how many you know, Super Bowls? The ni- Niners, the 94. Niners, like yeah, six? two with the Broncos. Kyle ain't used to losing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so a lot. Yeah, I, I don't really know unless Jimmy's great. <clears throat> and not that Jimmy wouldn't get talked about. He's a quarterback. I, I just – you have to wonder. I don't know. I don't think there'd be any – I don't think do there'd be any definitive, like, headline with him, right? I think Kyle for sure, Mahomes and Andy just have, like, etched in stone kind of legacy moments and just – Kyle's is more like a draft prospect. Like, holy shit, this guy could be a great. <laughs> Andy's, like you said, finally. Mahomes, that's just the greatest two-year run we've ever seen. Jimmy's is like, I don't even know. He did he, uh, he, he He was not a game manager. Maybe not. I don't you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Like, like, John, I was looking at Elway's first Super Bowl win. He was 12-22. For one twenty three, no touchdowns. I, guy, I think no one remembers that shit. That's the thing in the moment. No, no, no. But my point is not that it was bad. My point is that some, you don't have to be well, no my thirty five of forty two. I wasn't diminishing Bowl. the stat you said. My point is in ten years, nobody the way we're talking about it, even talks about that crap. Yes, no, but that, that's what I'm saying. That is my point. Is like it's just. But also part of it is he was Mike's quarterback. That's to me is the parallel is like when you run the ball like the Shanahan's run the ball. And I bet, do you know what I bet John Elway would say? And this is back to what we were talking about with teams and football. Elway's like, I wish I would have had Mike Shanahan for 10 fucking years. Maybe we would have won four championships. I know I can carry us when I need to carry us. But when you're balanced, you're unstoppable. Do, do you think we focus? Yeah, well, the Super Bowls he lost. You know how many, how many, do you know how many pass attempts? Say, he, probably he, 50. In 86 and 87. Yeah, 40. He had 37 and 38 pass attempts in his Super Bowl Wouldn't losses. you say in the 80s that might be, if you did inflation on pass attempts, that's like low 50s now? The first two. The Niners was 26 attempts, yeah. That's a lot. But, yeah. So, I, I think sometimes, and this just shows the society we live in, doesn't it feel like we're bemoaning or almost trying to diminish the Niners because they run it? Oh, they're just running it. Why? Because stats tell us to pass all the time? Well, if you – it'd be like, you know, they're just shooting layups. Well, fuck, stop them in the laps. They're just, they're just scoring touchdowns, running the ball. What, what are they supposed to do? Just kneel it? Th- throw it out of bounds? Wait, what, what's the point of the sport? To gain yards, get first down, score touchdowns? Why does it matter how you do it? I, I honestly think that the Niners, you and I aren't, and I don't think people in the Bay Area aren't, but I think they use Jimmy to kind of say, like, what the Niners are doing, like, this isn't even modern football. It'd be like if you won a championship in the NBA right now not shooting many threes. It'd be like, ah, oh, then what are they even doing? 
remember it used to be can't shoot jump shots. Now it's like you had to shoot threes. What if right. you don't? Like the one thing you see all these highlights of Kobe and Michael. Like can't anyone fucking shoot jumpers anymore? You know one thing I you know hot take. I miss the mid-range jumper. You know who else might? America. Maybe the maybe the ratings are down because there was an artistry to just. It wasn't. I'm not just talking Michael and Kobe. Look at all the guys of their era: Allen Iverson, Tracy McGrady, all the dudes, all the bigs. You know, Duncan, David Robinson, Patrick Ewing. They all had a mid-range. I used to like the mid-range jump shot. Didn't mean sometimes I didn't wish Chris Webber would drive and dunk the ball, but I like watching the mid-range jump shot. You know why, guy? Because you and I, if we're playing pickup, we can shoot mid-range jump shots. Every human could. We all could relate to it. Now it's like three. It's like. Why are you guys shooting so many threes? It's not as fun. Hot take I had watching Kobe and Michael highlights the last couple days. Like, I wonder if the three-point shot is kind of boring. Uh, I don't think the shot is boring. I think the volume at which that, it gets shot. That's what. That was my point. Now, yeah, the, the shot itself, it was Steph or Clay or Kevin Durant or LeBron James shoots or James Harden, I'm okay with. But just every Tom, Dick, and Harry gunning threes. But it's just, the, but yeah, when it starts looking like the All Star game, just running back up and down, so some dude can launch and get a long rebound and run out the. Yeah, other when way. I'm watching games and Joel Embiid shooting six threes, like okay, can I just watch Joel Embiid cook down low? That's what I like. Call me an old head, but I enjoyed Akeem Elijah one putting people in a blender with a little layup. All right, John. Uh, Want to get some headlines? Super Bowl headlines. Just bang of out course. a couple. Tyreek Hill, fake, talking shit about Richard Sherman only to give him the greatest compliment he that could give funny. him. Uh, genuine or uh, fake? I think he was trying to be funny, and I think it was genuine of just not that funny of a joke, but he was just trying to make a joke, like trying to be different. Clearly, both these two teams got read the riot act. The Niners probably not as much. Maybe like Richard Sherman or like Joe Staley kind of got up in front of the team. Because if I, if I was like Kyle, I would have had one a player like that. Just, just hey, add something. I, I don't want to be the only voice, right? You let them add that. Hey, guys, don't just be as bland as possible with, with being unique. When, it, when they ask you any questions about them, just be fake, even if you don't believe it, and say they're great. And so I would imagine that got said. It was kind of funny. With the Chiefs, I would imagine Andy, because who on their team is like some Super Bowl champ? I guess they did have Terrell Suggs. I saw him getting interviewed last. I'm like, I forgot they got Terrell Suggs, T. Sizzle. Mm-hmm. Is that you just say, hey, we say nothing. I also think that it's a lot more hit or miss now in sports because maybe all these guys are friends. Maybe guys are so rich they don't hate each other as much. And football, there's still, like, competition and rivalries. There's not as much shit talking as, like, like if I got Deion Sanders and asked him, how many times do you think Deion Sanders went on record over his career talking shit about the opponent? Like, legit. Like, that fucking guy can't play. Or Michael Irvin. Like, legit shit. I don't give a shit. Print that. It feels like the old, the old school guys did a lot of print that. You can put my name on that. Right, right. Because when you're – I think a lot of guys still think that. They just don't talk like that anymore, really. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Or maybe they just tweet it themselves. Like, I don't know. It feels like there's less shit getting talked. Uh, it used to be a great part about sports. A lot of shit got talked publicly. Well, le- less stuff got said in you general because there was just less tweeting, right? Less You weren't doing it on your YouTube, your Instagram. Your, it was just less That's stuff. True. So when a guy did was quoted so in an article, you could, it stood out. Yeah, I, I think the worst thing if you're a guy is you want to take a shot at somebody, you take a shot, and then the only person that hears it is the guy you're talking shit about and it doesn't even make news. You're like, what am I doing all this for? I don't even get the attention for being like a 
a guy that's ready to start a fight. What? Who? Like Frank Clark is talking shit about D Ford. Who gives a shit? No one does. Like Frank, who cares? They don't even go against each other. Doesn't matter. The good news for the Chiefs is no one, nobody cares. It's not even going to be dramatic. What was uh? Who was going to get? It's not now. Richard Sherman talking about Jim Harbaugh. Who was getting right? Like that's a bit. Who's getting painted red on South Beach? Was that was that Steelers Bengals? Oh, when I see you, yeah, I'm gonna paint you on site. It's South Beach, right? Boy, <laughs> South Beach, yeah. Uh, yeah, Jim. It doesn't feel like Richard Sherman likes Jim Harbaugh. But I meant like Richard back when they were playing oh, yeah, each yeah. other. That was epic stuff, you know. Even kind of about Crabtree, like you can't hang with me. And if the, that's right, keep to leave. Talk some shit about Crabtree. Felt like some guys didn't like Crabtree. <laughs> You know, it was actually, it was like, what's the common denominator? It's just Crabtree, Crabtree, Crabtree. Maybe he was kind of a sneaky shit talker. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I I would imagine moving forward, if you said the next 10 Super Bowls, does a crazy thing get said talking about a specific opponent that he's going to see? Like, if D. Ford had said that, or Frank Clark said, I think Joe Saley sucks, that to me would have more juice. Like, you're talking about D. Ford, bro, they traded D Ford to land you, gave you more money. You don't even D Ford, and you play the same position. You don't even see. Why do you even give a fuck? Like, what? What are you talking about? Now, if he's like McGlinchey, it's one of the most overrated first round picks I've ever seen. To me, I'd be like, oh, right. Or if Richard, if Richard yeah. dropped, a, and now he's he's smart enough not to, like Tyreek, overrated little midget or something like that. I'd be like, damn, <laughs> that's that shit still does resonate. And it's just du- <laughs> yeah. Or Bo- Bosa. What if Bosa was like, yeah, Mahomes you- to all my Chinese friends. Mahomes is not that. Did fast. you see they ask him about cor- cor- what's it called? Corona, coronavirus, coronavirus. This guy was telling me in the bathroom today that it starts like the flu and then kills you a day later. You read about that coronavirus? Yeah. Apparently, unlike you know SARS, the uh, well, I think only one in five well, only. I think one in five people has required intensive care. Okay. So this guy overhyped it. This Which guy said, a lot. "This guy said once you get it, you're dying." I believed him because I hadn't done that much research. I don't. I, he said, "You get it? Yeah, I don't. You feel think like it's, it's a common flu day later, dead." And I was like, "Damn!" Well, you don't. No wonder I, the one thing I wrote, you don't have the, the symptoms don't show up. Like you've got it before the symptoms. And show then up, he right. dropped after when I was walking out of the room. He's like, "Oh yeah, they just found a found a case in Washington." I'm like I thought it was only in uh, China. It's already coming to America? No, they got ASU. ASU? A player or just a kid? ASU. Just a, a student who does not live. I think it's a student, but somebody who doesn't live in, like, the dorms. I see Scott Pioli right now. Should I, should I scream Snickers rapper? <laughs> yeah. Broken window theory. I believe in the broken window theory. I know you're just reading Mayor, Ju- Mayor do, Giuliani actually. did it in New York. You're just trying to copy him. That's all, that's all anyone does. They're like... Well, uh, Steve Jobs tried this one time in 96. Yeah, it was something else. Like, it doesn't break the window and see if anything happens. Was it Giuliani's was spray paint in the New York uh, subway. Once, they, once you erase all the spray paint, no one spray painted. Once you put a little spray paint, then everyone would add spray paint, and then all of a sudden you had spray paint everywhere. He thought, so if, I, if I would have worked for the Chiefs, I would have added wrappers every day. Just like on every other step, yeah. just put a new like Eminem rapper, a Milky Way mini, you know, and just so he probably had a meeting. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, mean, I was just gonna say, he probably had a meet. People are probably wondering like, how come he hasn't fired the custodian? In fairness, yet? when he did it, I do think his probably heart was in the right place. Right, just wanted to see like what type of people. It just doesn't work 
It's just harder to take things you read I'm from the record as liking it. <laughs> yeah. To me, wasn't that a Whitlock Kansas City yeah, Star? Yeah, to me, article? to me, it just matters. If it was a Snickers mini, that's a pretty small wrapper. If it's like a Snickers king size, that thing's pretty big. If no one picks it up, you got a problem in your office. But I'd argue if it was just a little mini wrapper, you know, people might not notice. <laughs> Would you agree it's hard to miss a king size you- wrapper? You know what's – yeah, I, I would. What's making me laugh right now is thinking about him, like, going to a 7-Eleven or going to the he, the kitchen area it. where there's, like, a vending machine, sitting down, eating the – well, I guess I got to eat this if I'm going to play this. Like, he didn't buy it, open it, dump out the bar, and no, then it was it in the hallway. It was eaten. <laughs> uh, and, all right, what about uh, – Joe Montana told Mike Silver on Friday his advice to Tom Brady would be don't leave if you don't have to. It's a process to go through. It takes time to get used to a team. I was fortunate because Paul Hackett was the former Niners quarterback coach. He was in Kansas City running the offense. So I was familiar with three-quarters of the offense going in. And then they, if they let Brady have his own offense with a new team, yeah, that would make it a little easier, but still the transition of moving. I just can't see how they'd let him leave there myself. Joe he Montana. had an offensive coordinator. Clearly rooting for the 49ers. Offensive coordinator in Kansas City that he'd already known from San Francisco. That makes sense. That's what he said, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do think I, that Josh McDaniels coming back has to almost feel that why would Josh not want Tom back? Why would Josh want to coach the offense without Tom Brady? Why, why would that happen? I can't see that. Right. And Bill, it's not like Bill coached the offense. I do think I I'm, feel strongly that Bill's 100% okay with him leaving, quitting, just being gone. I think every human with a pulse – kind of somewhat agrees with that right not that bill doesn't want him back but if he left I, I don't know if bill's losing too much sleep and i do think that bill i watched actually i don't think i watched it live i just saw the clips on twitter but they had long clips about them those two guys with the nfl 100 i do think bill his respect level for him is high as it can get right but i do think bill's just great at like removing emotion and going well he is 43 he's not he can't carry us anymore like he wants to it's just kind of football right it's not yeah he's the greatest quarterback that's ever played he helped me win six he's played fucking great in many of them in the game against the eagles remember he threw for 500 yards tom was awesome and they couldn't they couldn't stop anyone on defense he threw for way more yards than foles in that game like he, if they would have won he would have been the lock mvp i think he threw for more yards in that game than anyone in, fo- in nfl history in a super bowl it was like it was stupid numbers, and you factor in he had the fumble at the end. It could have been it could have been way better, but I just think Bill can separate the two, kind of Walshian. Well, it's just time X see ya. But this one is just, what are they gonna do, guy? You know, Jared Stidham, Andy. I, I, someone's like, well, Andy Dalton could be a bridge. Andy Dalton's gonna be Tom Brady's bridge. Are, are, are we out of our mind? He, I mean, do you think that would fly like? In Boston, can you imagine just being a diehard Patriot guy, which I would imagine ninety nine percent of of Boston residents are now? Like, would you say in a city? Because I'd even say Philly could have some like holdover, like D.C., Washington. It just, I would imagine the closest thing to one hundred percent would be the Boston region Patriots, given how much they've won over the last twenty years. So a lot of those bandwagoners. But the loyalty for Tom is just Kobe-level immense. That's their guy. And you're going to replace him with fucking Dalton? And I'm just throwing out Dalton. Yeah, like, you better have Steve Davis, Young. Like, who else do you have? I mean, you, you better have Steve Young. They don't. They did. And I'm seeing him right now in a banner that he's got gold on. Non-neg- non-negotiable By the way, guy. Second-round pick, take it or leave it. 
<laughs> like what? You don't want a third too? <laughs> I got to give you a little. You just made me think of this a Brady story. So you know Anthony Gordon, the quarterback from Washington State. He went to the Senior Bowl. Apparently, he's been impressive. Yeah. Quick release. I saw he had a good week. Yeah, the, that was the report. Um, so I didn't realize. I interviewed him the other day, or I interviewed him Tuesday on Pac on the Pac twelve show I do, and um, I was like, "Hey, am I crazy? Did I hear a story that you?" They were going to gray shirt you at San Francisco City College. So he went to some high school in Pacifica, mm-hmm. and his high school coach was a coach at Sarah when Tom Brady was yeah. there. At Sarah. And I found this article where the guy called him the best high school quarterback he's ever seen. He's like, and I, and I was on the staff when Tom Brady was at Sarah. And he called Anthony Gordon the best he'd ever seen. And this guy, I tell everyone that story this, this is crazier Gordon. than the. This, John, this is crazier than Minshew's path if this guy gets drafted. He was supposed to gray shirt at San Francisco City College. They had Jeremiah Masoli's brother. And his mom told him, you cannot gray shirt because you have to be a full-time student to stay on my insurance. So you got to find a way to, like, make the team. you got to, whatever that means, right, not be a gray shirt. And then Masoli's brother gets hurt. He ends up starting for San Francisco City College, has a great year. Still the only person to offer him anything is Mike Leach. He still doesn't – he goes there red shirts – doesn't play the next year, finishes third in the quarterback battle the next year that Minshew wins. Then they bring in a J- then they bring in the Eastern Washington guy. He's going to be the starter, and then he wins that job. And now he's going to be drafted. It's insane. I think I see Goulet, can't tell. Uh, that is insane. Collins producer. Were you shocked that he went to the Senior Bowl? I mean, you watched him more closely than me, but I didn't think he was a Senior Bowl level guy. No, I mean, I hadn't really thought about it. Truthfully, I hadn't really thought about who would be a senior bowl guy. Yell at Goulet. I hadn't really thought about it, but uh, no. I mean, in retrospect, I'm not shocked. He, I mean, he was a record set. He led the nation in passing. The Washington State guys are just in now. Gardner, him. Remember, and Luke Falk went. They've had like three or four guys go the last yeah. five years. Okay, I'm going to go talk to him now. Uh, you going to talk to <laughs> Headline. John might be on Colin on Wednesday. Yeah, John's if you out. Can I'm trying to get, get on. Goulet to put him on the show. Last time Goulet said, I said, Later. Actually, my move here, because they got a bunch of famous guests, I'm going to dress up and go and just claim I'm hanging out, but come dressed up. And they ask me, like, why would you wear the nice clothes? I'll be like, oh, I was just doing a local hit. That's going to be my thing. But then I'll be ready to. A local hit. Yeah, just a a local Bay Area hit. And they'll be like, oh, that makes sense. But then I'm ready because then Colin at any moment could be like, oh, have him on. So I'm just going to come ready. Exactly. That's already my move. You just start talking during the break, and then Colin's like, oh, you know what? Just, Just come up. Just come sit right here next to. Montana. Yeah, that's why I'm gonna go. But I, I'm, I'm gonna couch. go in like suit, but just my sleeves rolled up. Like I just came from doing some work, not like acting like I'm gonna go on. But I'll be ready with a jacket Smart. under my arm. <laughs> yeah, be like I've done four hits already it, today. Just did Philly, L.A. Exactly. I had to do three things with local Bay Area, Akron. I'll just you just throw out some like uh, KFX. You know, you just throw out the, the, you know, the things. Don't even know what they are. KFX. Yeah, <laughs> big station. Okay. I'll, All right. Keep an eye out for Middlecoff Hover. Okay, Super Bowl week. See ya. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.